I'm Sam Pomerant, and this is the Remembering Fun Podcast. Today we have a little mini episode, you know, a little bit 22 minutes, going to feature me telling some jokes, doing some sketches, and a snippet of the interview with Anon, so enjoy. And I've been a little bit inside and out, missing your smile and your bow, think about the things that we fought about, and it takes work to make a village, it won't be worth until we build it, fuel that light within your Welcome to the Remembering Fun Podcast. I am your host, Sam Pomerant, and I just want to start the show off by saying, everything all right? Are we good? We're good, right? Right, everything's everything's fine. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be okay, right? I think. I think so. I'm not sure and I'm not confident, uh, but I if I admit there's a problem then that's not going to end well. I'm being told I'm currently in the stage called denial. Uh, which I think is the most fun stage of being an alcoholic. You know, you just you get to let loose, drink your problems away, even though there's no problem because everything's okay. Right? Right? Everything's fine. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. I, uh, I saw an article this week that uh, asked the big questions. Uh, if Tangle, Disney's Tangled predicted the coronavirus, and before you give, get excited, uh, I'll let you in on a secret. It didn't. Uh it's not that deep. Uh, the 2010 Disney movie had no clue that a virus would come a decade later. That's the type of thing that could only be predicted by a 1997 episode of The Simpsons. So, you know, Disney's not quite on that level yet. Uh, in non-coronavirus-related news, there are reports uh, currently that The Passion of the Christ will be getting a sequel, which, you know, everyone's excited for because that's just what we need right now, more Jesus. Um, and, you know, I've heard some rumors that the working title of the film is currently Too Passionate to Christ and will star Vin Diesel playing Jesus opposite of Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Judas. It's uh, very excited. I would, I'll be honest, I would actually watch that movie. Um, uh, but, like, under one condition, uh, if The Rock, during the Last Supper scene, looks over at Vin Diesel's Jesus and just looks him dead in the eye and says, Jesus... You're looking a little cross, and then like racist cyber. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool, pretty fun. It'd be one of those things where I'm like, oh, that's that's not a great line, but I'm like very excited to see it. Like uh, in a Hobbs and Shaw, when uh, what's his face, the the guy with the coronavirus, uh, Idris Elba, uh, that guy, you know, from Cats, Idris Elba of Cats, uh, when he uh, says uh, genocide, schmenocide, which again. I wouldn't say is the best line in film history, but it's a line in film history, so that's that's something. I'm taking a drink right now because that's better than feeling pain inside of myself. Scientists in Canada have recently discovered that a, an ancient continent was larger than we thought because that's the news we want to hear from scientists right now. Hey guys, uh, did, did you solve corona? No. But let's get a hold of this. Did you know that the land you're standing on used to be bigger than we thought it was? I know. I know. You know, it's okay. Let's see. You're confused about why we're telling you this. It's because it's a complicated thing. You know how you think Kendrick Lamar should be taller than a sixth grade girl, but then he isn't. It's like that, but with ancient continents. 
You're welcome. And Music News Dua Lipa has finally released her album entitled Future Nostalgia, which accurately captures the feeling of longing we have for a day in the future where we're able to high-five freely. Because, like, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I miss that. I, I like high-fives a lot. You know, it's a good way to accentuate a point or just to, like, feel something. Uh, you know... And people say there's like there's alternatives, there's the elbow thing, but I'm going to be honest, the elbow thing is garbage because I've never once been like, you know, I just said something pretty awesome, so you can touch elbows softly because if we do it too hard, it's going to hurt our elbows. It's it's a terrible thing. I, I hate I hate elbow touches so goddamn much. It's I'm like I know it's it's the healthy thing to do, but at this point, I'd almost rather die of coronavirus than touch anyone else's elbow ever again in my life. Elbows are meant to be hidden behind shirts or maybe like slightly revealed because you're wearing a t-shirt. It's like oh, a little sneaky elbow, but that's not supposed to be just out in the wild touching. It's gross. I hate. I'm very, very upset about it. Back to Dua Lipa's album. She uh she moved up the release. Uh, in the hopes that the, this album will give us an opportunity to just dance. Meanwhile, The Weeknd released his album in the hopes that it'll make you dance, then search the lyrics, then cry and wonder how on earth Bella Hadid messed him up this bad. Is he okay? Is he okay? I really liked the album. My girlfriend was like, oh, Sam, send me a song from it that I could listen to. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, okay, which what songs will go over better? The ones where it's all about how, like... He used to love her, and now they're gone, because I feel like now is not the right time to say that, because of, you know. And then the other option is just any song about cocaine. And, and I don't think she likes cocaine. In fact, there have been times where for no reason other than the fact that I've made a joke about saying I should do cocaine, she's told me, Sam, don't do cocaine. Which I don't think is a fair statement, because who's who? We should you should try it, right? It seems great. People throw their lives away for it. It's, I'm on a tangent. Let's go back. Finally, one final thing: the 2020 Tokyo Olympics have been postponed, obviously due to the coronavirus, and well, the Tokyo condom industry is currently in shambles. I don't know what they're gonna do. They're kind of screwed. That has been the opening monologue. Hope you enjoyed it. Now on to the next segment. <laughs> all over the world is talking about how we need to social distance so i've decided that i'm going to do an on the street talking to people about how they're social distancing so let's go right to me on the street hello me from in the studio this is me as well sam pomerant i'm on the street this this handoff was done very well um so the first thing i've noticed is uh there's not a lot of people out here Maybe an on-the-street interview was a bad idea. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lady. Hello, a lady. Hello, hello, lady. Uh, you can you hear me? Do you want to do an interview? You'll have to come closer. To, I I know the social distancing, but this is for a podcast, so it's it's important. No. Okay. You just walk away. That's fair. That's that's fair. That's fair. Oh, is that another? That's not a person. Sorry, I thought I, I thought I saw a person. It was just a large squirrel. This, this large squirrel. Do you want to do an interview for a for a podcast? No. Uh, okay, I see. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on a second. I think I think I think I got someone. I think we're good. Sir, is that? Are you in a car? We can do it through the. Oh, you don't want to. 
you don't want to you don't you don't want to talk to me this isn't about this is okay thanks for making it clear that it's not about coronavirus it's about me personally that's that's kind of you uh, you don't have to show me the finger i okay i okay if this is an audio platform so they can't see you do that they don't know that you hurt my feelings a lot sir um so uh i'm going to send this back to the studio cuz this this went poorly this was a bad idea thank you me from the street uh yeah that didn't go well that was not it's not how we planned it would be i thought i thought it would be a longer segment i thought i thought it would i thought it would, i thought it would go viral i'll be honest you know i was like oh things on the street always go viral billy on the street when jimmy kimmel does stuff on the street pizza rat that was that was on the street and that went viral like like a few years ago so so maybe this would be our be our launching our big launch will be like oh did you see this this on the street during social distancing he talked to people and they, you know they they figured they figured out how people are reacting and that's that's cool i was gonna it's gonna be witty make, make some remarks uh but that didn't that didn't pan out great I don't know why I thought it would work out. We've been out. I've been outside. I saw there was there was no one there. But I was like, oh, when I when I go out with a microphone, people are gonna be dying to be on my be on this. Uh, I should have thought this through more. This 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 was a bad idea. So uh, you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna jump ahead. Uh, after this quick break, we will have an interview with Anand Senshi. So stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Balloons No one with balloons are paying us to say anything on the podcast I just like balloons And think you would too Do you ever think, wow, air's great But wouldn't it be better if it was in a latex container? And buy a balloon. Balloons. They're like at every store. Now back to the podcast. And we are back. Next up, we have a snippet from my full-length interview with Anand Shanshik. He's an author, badminton player, and overall incredible person. Now, first thing I want to talk about is, so you wrote a book a few years ago, right? Yes, Emerson for the Digital Generation. Yes, uh, yeah. it was a... Uh, Started that back in grade six, actually, and I rewrote it three times over like three years, right? And that's why it took so long yeah. to like. Uh, I mean, it was it was a long process, but you know, it was a very it was very worth it, right? Like you know you know that sense of accomplishment you like work on something for like mm-hmm. years. I mean, this, this is like my first like multi year project, right? It taught me a lot in terms of the persistence it takes, right? Because yeah. to stick with something for years, it's a very it takes it takes a lot more than you think. Like you see all these, you know people writing books or they making businesses or doing something and you see mm-hmm. that and like yeah i can do that no not really it takes a lot of <laughs> over a number of years to write that right yeah for sure what drew you to emerson as like a philosopher to uh, emulate well uh i asked my father right what is uh if i asked him once if you could learn the secrets of you know success happiness all these things that you know we all love right we all want and love that we all desire how who would you ask right anyone alive or dead mm-hmm and his immediate answer was Ralph Waldo Emerson. And, you know, he showed me that he has this big book of like 
all of Emerson's essays and, uh, you know, speeches and everything, right? Like this, yeah. maybe like, I want to say a thousand something page book. And he Jeez. showed me that. And, uh, he basically told me to read 10 of these essays, right? And those 10 essays are what are in the book. And what basically in the book is, you know, well, let's be real here. No one wants to read a 200, almost 200 year old essays and like go through that and like decipher the English and all that sort of crap. Right? No one wants to do that. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So what I did is I basically made it understandable to a modern audience, you know, use modern examples, people that, you know, we can connect with, you know, whether it's, you know, one example I use quite often is Steve Jobs, for example, that, you know, people that we can connect with, examples that we can connect with, situations we can connect with so that, you know, our what someone like, uh, you know, our, ourselves or, you know, or someone older or younger, like anyone can get something from it, right? That's what I want to do so that it's not just, you know, a philosophy graduate in a school, in a university, right? Not, that's not the only person that can gain from this. It's also our normal students and our uh, adults that are in our lives, you know, they can read it and hopefully, you know, get something from their lives, right? Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's like really smart. Um, so I just want to say you were in like the sixth grade when you were asking your dad about like the meaning of life and all that. Oh, I was asking my dad what the meaning of life for a long time. I mean, I've, I've always been sort of a contemplative dude, right? Like, <laughs> what is the point of all this? I mean, we've all been like that way as kids. Like, yo, where do we come from? Why, why are we here? You know, you know what I'm saying, man? I, but, just, uh, I think you asked in a very different way. I might've been like, oh, how are babies made? And then immediately after that conversation, my next question was like, cool. Can I go to hockey now? Exactly. I was yeah. not being like, so what's the meaning of life? What's, why are we all here? Well, I think what I've been very fortunate is my dad's always been interested in those sort of, uh, I don't want to call it spirituality or religion. It's not in those things. It's about like just what is, you know, he's always been interested in philosophy and all these sort of things. Right? That, that's always been sort of his passion, I guess, right? Yeah. The, passion, the science and art of, you know, success and happiness. That's always been his passion. I mean, he has, I mean, one thing I'm very blessed to have, I guess, is that my dad has like hundreds of books on all these subjects. And I grew up reading those basically, right? Yeah. And uh, I guess that sort of groomed me in some ways. I mean, you know, it's like, I've, the number one thing is, I guess I was very lucky to have a, a, a family, a background, everything that sort of pushed me in that direction, right? Or not pushed mm. me, like it was sort of guiding me in that direction. I think that's the... You know, everyone uh, is not necessarily, like, there's many situations where they're not blessed with people guiding them in that way, right? Yeah. So I feel very blessed in that case. I mean, that's a, it's a very big privilege to have someone uh, guide you through the process. It wasn't always, like, I would have given up by myself a long time ago. It was my father that, you know, mm. kept me going when I just like, why, why am I bothering with this all those years, right? Yeah. Is it but, your dad who also pushed you to keep trying with uh, badminton? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, the thing about my father is, uh, you know, most like brown dads and all that are like, you know, go to school, get in the typical path. You know, they're all about that. Right. But uh, my father is uh, like, well, what is interesting, thing about interesting thing about him is uh, he actually traveled around the world for four years. Right. Wow. Interviewing, you know, billionaire entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, scientists and, you know, all these amazing, amazing people, so people like, you know, Tony Shea from Zappos, you know, he sold his company to Amazon for a billion dollars, a shoe, a shoe and clothing company. Uh, uh, Chip Conley was currently the, uh, one of the executives at Airbnb for the, uh, yeah. and, um, you know, Salman Khan from Khan Academy, um, you know, Nathaniel Brandon, he was like, these are big yeah. names. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he made a film called, uh, creativity where innovation and technology meet. And okay. the crux of that film is basically 
in today's world, you know, there's never been so much more opportunity, man. Technology is like advancing like this. There's opportunities for whether you're, you know, 20 or you're 50, you can start something and you can build that thing into, you know, reach a worldwide audience with it, right? Whatever you yeah. want to build, whatever, some form of content you want to put out there, some form of technology you want to create, some sort of product. You, you, there's so many unlimited opportunities that it's never been the case before, right? Yeah. You know, teenagers are starting companies now. At the same time, you know, our more senior citizens are starting companies and making them successful too. I mean, there's no limits now, right? So Yeah, it's no crazy. Excuses. Anyone can do anything. Yeah, there's, there's no excuses and no limits. So that's something that he always sort of, you know, put in, uh, like instilled in me, right? That if you want to do something, you have to, it's a responsibility to achieve. It's not just you want it, you go after it. It's more like that dream is almost like a, you know, I don't, uh, you know, it's like a gift from something beyond, right? It's, it's there for a reason. Okay. So, so you have to, you know, treat it with that proper respect. The dream doesn't just happen out of, it's not a whim, right? It's not like this the random thing is there for a reason. If you, you know, go with that dream, then, then the sky's the limit. So that's what he always instilled in me. Right. I mean, you know, for someone to travel the world for four years and, you know, always keep, keep, I mean, it's the same multi-year thing, all these things that, you know, you know, to interview all these great people. I mean, when I look at it, I, I see it as a very big thing, right? I mean, I see it as, wow, he met all these great people, built all these connections with all these amazing people. And like, that takes years of effort, years of, you know, getting no's, rejection from people and still going anyway, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's, no, it's definitely, I don't think anyone would argue with you when saying uh, interviewing the, some of the richest, most influential people in the world is a big deal. Yeah, and uh, it, those lessons that you got from them, that he got from them, right? I mean, the film didn't end, like, end up getting grossing a billion dollars or whatever, nothing <laughs> like that, but, uh, you know, it's the lessons I got, right? Because, um, you know, of course I was, I mean, I, I'm in this house, so I'm there, right? I'm, I'm yeah. between the entire step of the way. So, you know, I watched him, you know, make the film. I watched, I've watched those interviews multiple times. These are like hour plus long interviews with all these amazing people and just going into their, like, their real, like one thing about my father is he's very good at getting people like open up, right? Like he, he connects very easily with people. So you can really feel that connection with, you know, they're opening up to him in ways that I don't, I've never seen any interview that they do, you know, on YouTube, for example, right? Like, I can't see that level of detail and that level of openness that they open up to him with. So it's like this almost crash course in how to be great at something, right? Yeah. And go on. You know, that's one thing that I've sort of always underestimated because this is all before I, before I started badminton, right? Yeah. But it's those exact same lessons that are holding me down to this day, you know, and uh, that's why my father was so, uh, you know, supportive of it. You know, I, I'm in India right now training full time, right? I mean, of course, it's coronavirus. I'm not in the training center, but I'm still doing my work full time. Most players from, a, you know, Canada or even Europe, like anywhere, unless you're like an Asian, you're like with the top two, three juniors there, you, you're going to a, a university or college, right? And yeah. the thing is, unless you're, it's, at the high, if you want to get the highest level of professional sports, as some, uh, you know, Olympics, World Championships, that you have to do it full time. There is simply no other way, right? I mean, it goes with anything. You have to do it full time if you want to have the best world class results at it, right? Mm -hmm. So, of course. So when I put that dream out there to my father, you know, I want to be world champion, Olympic champion. 
he are, he obviously knows these lessons because I mean he interviewed all these people and he got them direct from the source. And you know, I know these lessons because you know, well, I guess it, it hand, he handed them down to me, right? Yeah. So when that conversation came up that I this is what I want to do, he was immediately on board. There was no like hard trying hard to convince him. So that was, you know, I I didn't have to think about anything. I could just, you know, he's the, there, you know, for these early years. He's you know supporting me, uh, making sure that I all I have to think about is training. And now and then you know hopefully once all you know all the good things happen, Olympic championship, world championship, I get my bag and all that. I can like, <laughs> you know. Repay him. That's that's what it's all about, man. When being great, it's about when trying to be great. It's, it's not just about yourself. It's about repaying the love that you got from others, and you know, giving back to a greater cause, inspiring people to be greater. You know, that's the most important thing: giving back in some way, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Do you think? Do you do you have a responsibility to help other people succeed? Oh, that's by far, of course you do because look at this way, man. I mean, wait, an Olympic gold medal, right? It's such a highly respected thing. Right? I mean, if you say even if you just say you're an Olympian, that's a huge respected thing, right? Oh, that's level, huge. Yeah, the level of dedication it takes, and the thing is, that thing is just a piece of metal at the end of the day. Any trophy you win, it's just a piece of metal if you really look at it. What is behind that trophy? The hours of dedication, the love that you know received from others to go into it. Right, the uh, it's it's what is behind that trophy that gives it meaning. I mean, look at this way: if I like climb up a great mountain and I and someone just teleport me on top of that mountain, like what the hell's the point? I'm I'm freezing here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's no meaning, right? Yeah. But if I, you know, I'm struggling up that thing and I have to rely on the people, my climbing partners, and I'm and we're all in this together and we're, you know, trucking up that thing as with all our effort, and we're completely spent at the top, but even if we're completely spent the top, there's this joy you cannot get from anything else. When you climb that mountain, that, that effort in the climbing, it's that effort that counts, right? It's not the mountain sure. itself. It's not that gold medal. It's not the mountaintop. It's not, it's not the success that actually counts. Of course, that's great. That's what we want. That's what we're going for. But it's about that climb and the, you know, that, it's that climb that really makes everything worth it. You can, of course, catch the full interview with Anand on the podcast theme. Yesterday posted The Adventures of Goatman. It's a full hour of very interesting conversation. And, of course, this is the Remembering Fun podcast. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully you like it. Subscribe. Give it five stars. Do all the fun things. And, of course, have a wonderful day. And I've been a little bit inside and Within you.